You are listening to Sick Biz Buzz with me, Hillary Jastrom. Welcome to another episode of Sick Biz Buzz, the sickest podcast empowering chronically ill and disabled entrepreneurs, freelancers, and remote workers, and the only podcast of its kind. Our intense gratitude goes out today to the Good Men Project for sponsoring this podcast and getting behind our mission and our message to help improve the world to improve wages, working conditions, and to continue to provide resources to our very special community. Thanks, Good Men Project. We absolutely adore you. Natalie Thomas is the princess of all princesses. She is the founder of Chance and Water and Expert Podcast Academy, in addition to other businesses that grew from home as she homeschooled her children. She is living, breathing truth that you can do it, whatever that happens to be. Host of the Princess Power Hour, a podcast dedicated to tapping into all aspects of your life, especially if you are a princess. Listen in to learn how to live large without spending big bucks and improve your relationships. I know she means all relationships in your life, including the relationship you have with yourself. I was a guest on Natalie's podcast, and it was kismet, absolute kismet, the first time that we spoke. And as we wound down the time together, we continued in this incredible synchronicity. I know that you will feel the same connection when you listen to this amazing warrior today. She has stories that will inspire you for years to come of surviving hardship, confronting her worst fears, trying again and again to learn what it means to triumph as a resplendent princess. Please welcome my friend and fellow soul sister, Natalie Thomas. Natalie Thomas is in the Sick Biz Buzz studio today. She is the princess of all princesses. Welcome. Well, thank you. I am so delighted to be here. You have no idea. <laughs> yes, I do. I feel the same way. Oh, yay! <laughs> oh, it's so it's so wonderful. So what people don't know is how we met. And do you want to tell it? Or do you want me to tell it? Or what do well, you think? You were a guest on my show. And you were absolutely amazing. I just love chatting with you. And I think we really connected. I can only speak for myself. But you can tell me what you think. Oh, completely, totally 1 million percent. I think we connected. It's one of those things where you find yourself on a journey and then you look over and on the next path is another person who is right there on a very similar journey, discovering all kinds of amazing mindsets and inspirations. And like, you're just moving forward. You're moving these mental blocks forward. And that's where I really connected with you. Isn't it amazing? You know, you, sometimes we think we're alone and then really there are people out there on this journey going through so many of the same things. And when you can connect and just realize that that experience, even though it is your own experience, it is a shared experience. It's just so interesting to me. It's a shared experience. And, and it does two things to people, I think. Um, first, it's you're not alone. But then yes. we, you know, we also have to reframe that to say, because other people have suffering or pain or challenges, it doesn't minimize what you have. 
It just, right? Because sometimes people are like, well, then I don't feel special anymore. What I used to tell my kids growing up, I would say, everybody's special, so nobody is. (laughs) Yeah, that's definitely a way to look at it, yes. (laughs) But in a way, not being special and not bringing that type of attention to things, it, it, it makes it more acceptable. Don't you think, like, if we're talking about pain, for example. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. You know, what you're making me think of is in yoga and I don't, I don't say namaste. Okay. I I was not comfortable with it in, in the beginning and whatnot, but it talks about the the meaning has to do with recognizing the light in the other person. Mm. And I think that we all have a light. We all have a story. We all have a journey. And sometimes we put more value to our own than other people's without realizing that they've been through some things that really provide value to this life. Yeah, absolutely. So this is what you and I do. We just dive right in. We, we, we get past all the awkwardness. It's just crazy. It's like, hi, how are you? What, and how do you feel about your soul? Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> So what I want to do is backtrack a little bit so that our listeners can get to know you a little more. And if you can share with them how you got to today. Oh, my goodness. Okay. Um, Wow. Okay. That covers a lot. (laughs) I was not raised by my parents. I was raised by my grandparents because of an abusive stepfather. And, you know, so that adds an interesting journey there. Married young, parented 19 kids, stayed home for 22 years with the kids. And then my husband left me for another woman. That was a rather unexpected point in the journey. Thought I would be with him forever, was really determined to break the um, cycle of divorce in my family. There had been five generations before me, and I just did not want to continue that horror as I considered it. And yet there it was, I was thrust into it. And I was able with uh, the strength and wisdom of God to be able to start a business from scratch at home that grew to $2.2 million in sales in the first two years. And that was something I certainly never expected on my path when I was, you know, staying at home with the kids and not having enough money for food for everybody. And it's just been an amazing journey. I've started multiple businesses since then and reinvented my life several times. I'm on a new path where I've um, recently found out that my blood work is showing cancer. And that was kind of a, another unexpected curveball in life. And you just learn to improvise, adapt, and overcome. Oh my goodness. There's so much. There's so much to talk about. So first of all, I just want to wish you, I want to wish you all the healing energy and and peace and vibrations and the, and God's grace upon you to come through this. I receive that in Jesus name. And you'll notice I did not say the word. I have blank that word. I Mm -hmm. will not say, I don't receive it. I'm not accepting it. Mm -hmm. I'm not you know, energetically available for it. Apparently, you know, it's something that I need to deal with, but I am just believing for God's goodness, grace, mercy, healing in my life. I'm taking 
um, steps. I'm going to see a naturopath doctor um, this week, actually. And I'm taking some natural things. I'm drinking alkaline ionized water. I'm drinking one glass of ozonated water a day. And those are products that my business actually sell. And I believe in them. And so I'm doing the things that I believe in. I'm not a fan of natural medicine. I think that um, they want a sick for money and not invested in seeing us healed. I believe that there have already been cures out there that they've suppressed. And I don't want to be a part of that system. I'm in total agreement with you on that. So I want to I want to pause on that for a minute and go back to when you were talking and my jaw hit the floor. Which do part? you do you, you do you know which part I'm talking about? No, maybe the kids. Yes. Okay. Holy All moly. Right. I was like, she has six times plus more children than I do. Well, now would I, I lay that out for everybody. I had two natural children mm-hmm. and I have always had this burning desire in my life to give back. I love to help people. I wanted to contribute and I wanted to teach my children the importance of contribution and giving back. And so we began to take foster children and, you know, we could take a couple at a time and eventually, um, I think there were a couple times where we took as many as four. You're, you're allowed to have a total of six children in your home, depending on the size of the home. And we uh, adopted two of those children. And the youngest of those is uh, 24 now. And so the most I ever had at one time was, you know, five and six kids. At one point, I had a 14-year-old girl and her two-month-old baby. And oh, that was- my heavenly days. Yeah, that was a very interesting experience. I took a lot of drug babies. I love newborn babies and little babies. And and for me, that was just so much fun and interesting. You know, the drug babies are a little bit of work. You know, I mean, a newborn is difficult. A drug baby is more difficult. Absolutely. You know, and that's one of my dreams when I'm an old lady. I'm going to be the cuddler. I'm going to be the local hospital's cuddler and go hold all the babies and sing to them. I love that. Well, my new thing is I'm looking into breeding dogs. So I will have babies in my life again. They just won't be human babies. Um, But yeah. This is why you and I are so similar because my kids left the house. Okay. So, so Mm -hmm. my little girl in particular, she started spending more time with her dads, but she, she's my last baby. So my kids are 24, 21, two boys. And then my, my girl is going to be 19 this month and uh, I'm going to be like 5,700. I don't know. I lost track, but (laughs) so she's, (laughs) I have to count the gray hairs on my head. That's it's like, it's like tree rings. But it's great. Well, I just had a yesterday. <laughs> oh, I was, okay, I thought it was today, but yay, happy birthday yeah, to you. Thank you. It was yesterday. And last week, my oldest granddaughter just graduated high school. <gasps> and I am so proud of her. And I'm proud to be 56 years old. And most people don't think I'd look it, which is really fun. Oh my gosh, that's shocking. Nope, mm-hmm. nope, nope. All the nopes. <laughs> <laughs> amazing but I'm doing what you're doing I was like you know first of all I became a mother kind of accidentally I had a um, gynecologist tell me well you're not being very careful and so and I just a shout out to my son Josh I'm very sorry for sharing this with you 
<laughs> but you're not being very careful. So maybe there's something wrong with you, you know, that you can't get pregnant. And then there, there's something in that mindset when you're young and your head's strong and you're like, show me I can't get pregnant. Now I'm worried. I can't get pregnant. Uh-huh. Pregnant like that. Pregnant like that. So um, I, I fell into it that way, as the Australians say. She fell pregnant. And... <laughs> kind of what happened. Um, and then I, you know, and in quick succession, then I had the rest of my babies three years apart, but, um, and so growing with them and being an unprepared mother and having to step up my game, you know, and, and switch Mm -hmm. my focus and all that, like you immerse into it and you become your children to a degree. And so when my daughter graduated, I, I had to, um, get another animal. I always have. Oh, uh, yes. I When my daughter married, and oh. I still had children at home, mm-hmm. but it was, it, it was traumatic. It was hard to lose her. Yes. You know? and, and you see other people go through it, but you have no idea until it happens what that feels like. Yeah. And, you know, and sometimes you can relate to those people and sometimes you can't. Like some of the people who are more like Roseanne kind of moms and Apologies for any triggers out there. I'm referring to, you know, the, the heartily honest, um, but horribly so, uh, women that are like that with their children. And they're just like, I'm glad you're out. I'm going to grab a glass of wine and this is me time. You know, as long as you're, you can feel that way, obviously you can feel any way you want to, but that wasn't me. And that wasn't you either. I did. I never want my kids to leave. I'm, I'm like, let's go to a commune. <laughs> and then we'll figure it out. <laughs> I I still have a 28 year old at home, and then I have people really trying to encourage me to bring the 24 year old back. That's that's a little different issue, you know. They were both adopted, and the 24 year old was born addicted to cocaine and with fetal alcohol syndrome, and he actually needs some help that he's not ready to get. And I'm more trying to create a situation where he's willing to get it, uh, which is tough love. And it's hard. Outside observers don't understand that. And it's hard. You get a lot of judgment. And as a foster mother, oh, my goodness, I used to get judgment. I I would have, you know, black kids and brown kids and white kids. And I guess people just thought I was the loosest woman on the face of the earth. They didn't get it that they weren't all mine, (laughs) you know. If they were all yours, you would be pulling your uterus behind you in a wagon. I'm just saying. Like, yes, they're all mine and meet my uterus. Okay. This is this is- true. My my very first foster child was a, a little black drug baby, and they thought she was deaf. And I was sitting with her in a park one day, and this black woman is asking me questions. And she said, Is she mixed? And I said, No. And she gasped and she said, You mean she's not black? And of course, oh, that was man. not what I said. That was not what I meant. But people get interesting ideas. They do. They do get interesting ideas. And we have some challenges. I won't say challenges. We have some unique circumstances that they just kind of go outside the norm for families. Two of our kids are gay. So I can I can kind of understand in that sense where it's like, and it wasn't when they were little, but as we're going out to eat now, you know, my family is just my family. And if you have a problem with that, I I don't care. That's not, you know, like we're all here to share each other's spaces or whatever. But so let's let's back up into business. You talked about building a $2.2 million 
business in the midst of mobs of children in well, the mid- right and that's, that's not accurate the children by then were a little bit older Okay. And I was just down to two at that time. I was down to the two adopted children. That's amazing. And I homeschooled it's still amazing. Thank you. I'm, I'm very proud that I was able to give the kids myself as much as possible, try to be there when they needed me, and then still have this other life and career later. I, I, I'm not saying that it's wrong to try to juggle both, but... For me, I did a better job by separating the two lives. Yes, and every mother and every parent has to discover that dynamic that works for them. They really do. I didn't feel like I could go all in with my businesses when my kids were young. You know, we had we had some emotional challenges. We had some learning challenges. uh, And then we just had the usual raising children and trying to, you know, make sure that they have what they need and navigating the teen years and all that stuff. And I really, and it wasn't until I, life forced me to take a back seat and say, okay, um, you actually are sick. And so go to bed and you're mm-hmm. not, like, you're mm-hmm. done, you're on the sidelines mm-hmm. that, mm-hmm. that my children allowed them to be more self-sufficient. So whatever, whatever a person, whatever a parent is looking at saying, you know, I know somebody who has twins and she's running her business from home fantastic. I know somebody else who is homeschooling and, and that is what her focus is. And she's also running a business. Fantastic. I know somebody else who is waiting, who is waiting to start her own business because she wants to make sure that she goes to work and, you know, serves her children in a different way. Fantastic. There's no judgment. This is like, you know, as Teresa Byrne, who was a guest on the show and one of my dear friends said, this is the no judgment show. (laughs) I love that. I absolutely love that. Yeah. But I want to talk about your business. I want to talk about how you grew that and Mm -hmm. what you did and what you discovered. Well, I, I do have multiple businesses, but the main one is Chance and Water. And we Mm -hmm. sell a physical product. We sell primarily water ionizers and water filtration products. Most people don't know what a water ionizer is. So that takes a lot of educating. So that was a little bit more challenging and it's challenging to have a product that you warranty you know I have to spend money on that side of the business you know sometimes I say you know I'd rather sell a dress that you know you sell it and it's gone and you don't have to ever see it again or something like that but um, then of course you have sizing issues and returns for things like that so it's it's always something in life but I love a lot of people when they have their own business, they're selling a service, they're selling their own time. And that's really a job that might have some flexibility for them, but it's not so much a business. You you have the responsibility of taxes and, and things like that. But I wanted a business that I could sell something, but I could create it where it was being sold on the internet. Other people were selling it for me. Mm-hmm. So if I love having flexibility in my life, and quite frankly, I've been sick in bed the better part of a week and a half. Now, I, I did some traveling in there as well, but with some of the natural products I'm taking, I'm detoxing. It made me pretty nauseous and dizzy mm-hmm. and weak. And I lost 10 pounds in like a week. And could I do that if I had a regular job? Or could I pick up and do some of the travel that I've been able to do over the years? No. Mm -hmm. So 
I position myself in businesses where I can work on the business. I don't have to work in it every day. Now, in the beginning, you do have to work in it. And and you put in your 14, 16, 18-hour days, whatever it takes to get everything set up and positioned. But I'm very blessed to have very loyal, incredible employees that know their job, do their job. They represent me well. Mm-hmm. And that gives me freedom. So I invested to be able to get that freedom. Now, some of my other businesses are a little bit different. Um, I do have one that I'm actually not operating now, but it's more of a service. But then again, it was set up not for me to do it. It was set up for other people to do it. That's a car detailing business. And I have my Princess Power Hour podcast. I also teach people podcasting through the Expert Podcast Academy. And you know, people can take the course. So that's all videos. So again, that doesn't take up my time. I do have the premium where they can pay for the one-on-one coaching and I strategize with them and all of that kind of thing and handhold them all the way through that. But then they're paying premium pricing for my time. So that's kind of how and why I, I recommend structuring businesses. For me, having the freedom to travel is super important. And I like the idea of being able to take my work with me and do it wherever I want, as long as I have internet. Does that make sense? That makes complete sense. Absolutely. And I, you know, the realization of, because I'm going through what you're going through to a degree too, I've been going through a detoxing process and Mm -hmm. um, yesterday was hell, just absolute hell. So um, but you have to keep going. You have to keep going. And, and each day you should feel, you know, a little bit better as you recover. But there is no way in the world that I could work outside of the home with the multitude of physical challenges, you know, that I contend with. And you're the same way. And um, to that degree, I feel very fortunate to have had this hit during this particular era of digital amazingness where you can work wherever you want to even even 10 years ago I want to say maybe about 10 years ago I was with or maybe it was like seven years ago I was with Best Buy corporate and Mm -hmm. um, I was working as a subcontractor and uh, doing site search optimization so internal site search and training people and stuff like that and I had a flexible schedule Mm -hmm. however that was, they were the pioneer. Best Buy was the pioneer that said, we are going to really let our people show us their own self-accountability. So Mm. anywhere else you could go, you couldn't have that experience. And it was just, it was just crazy. Okay. So I want to jump in because I want to just like keep swimming. I want us to keep swimming. (laughs) Sure. Let's go. Let's go. So you're a survivor. I am. Yeah. And how I, I've been I've been raped, I've been molested, I've been beaten. I lived in an area that the poor part of town was below the cemetery, and then my poor part of town was below that. And there were five suicides in my neighborhood in one year when I was a kid. That is that is so that is so much. That is just so much. And uh, it's a lot for a kid. So you didn't start out 
with an advantage. You didn't start out with money or being in a part of town that was just maybe a little bit more fluid for opportunity. You really had to begin at the bottom. I did. And I chose to be an observer. And of course, this was before cell phones and internet and computers and all of that. And I always tried to learn from other people's mistakes. I assumed that I would make my own, Mm -hmm. but I wanted to make as few as possible. And I never tried drugs because I saw so many people around me, what addiction did to them. Mm -hmm. My very best friend got married at 15 years old. And a lot of my friends quit school, things like that. And I didn't see any kind of a clear path to go to college. I knew my family didn't have the money. And I was able to get enough scholarships and um, some awards that paid for me to go two years to what is now FIDM. FIDM is now accredited. I think they're about 30000 a year. And back in the day, it cost me $3,300 for two years there before they were accredited. Wow. So why have you survived? I would say the grace of God. I I had a praying great-grandmother, and I will forever be grateful to her. My own brother, we were raised in the same house. We actually shared a bedroom until we were 17, and that bedroom wasn't really a bedroom because we only lived in a one-bedroom house. It was a dining room that they stuck a closet in. And we had a bunk bed in there. My dear, precious, sweet brother, who, like your kids, was gay. And he, at one point, got a back injury. And we know the opioid opioid crisis right now in the United States. Vicodin is just a horrible addictive drug. Mm -hmm. And addicts tend to, when they kick one addiction, they go on to another, whether it's alcohol or some other form of you know, drug. And he ultimately got onto meth and had a psychotic break. And I really feel like almost there was this conspiracy by the universe to try to make me go crazy throughout my life. Mm -hmm. And my brother, unfortunately, wasn't as strong as I was. And, And he took that path. He died homeless on a bench three years ago. Oh, my goodness. I'm so sorry. That Thank is just, you. Thank yeah, you. and, and I, I, people listening to this, I mean, these are, these are unfathomable, deep, deep core pains that you're experiencing, but you still got up. And, and this is what I really want to impart to people. When you're part of a support group, and you probably know this, you hear people and you, and you note how they handle things and they there are, there's a lot of negativity. I'm going to focus on this. I'm going to focus on the suffering. I'm going to focus on this challenge. I'm going to, I'm going to feel unlucky. You know, I'm going to feel, I'm going to feel jinxed, hexed, cursed. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. I'm going to, I'm going to frame Become my the life. Victim. Yeah. <clears throat> about being the victim. Yeah. Become the victim about being the victim. And it's not to take away your pain and say, no, you don't have validation and you shouldn't feel that way because You can feel any way that you want to, but what are you going to do with that pain? And you did not sink into that pain and say, pain, you know what? You're going to be my enemy. You are going to be my enemy. I'm going to focus on you. I'm going to make you bigger than anything else in my whole life. 
your pain did not eclipse any of your opportunities. So what is the difference between you faced with so much to overcome, so much to conquer, and you still saw that light? What is the difference between you and someone who says, ah, forget it, there's no point in trying anymore? You know, I I literally don't know how people could do this without God. For me, he is the only answer. And I am not talking about religion. I'm not talking about being Lutheran or Catholic or Jewish or any of those things. I personally believe that religion is man-made. But I believe that we can have a relationship with the living God. Now, I have literally had depression speak to me and tell me that it was my friend. I've literally had suicidal thoughts, I believe, put into my mind from the outside, okay? And the trick is that we think these thoughts are ours, and if we dwell on them, you can very easily go down that path, okay? And certainly we're seeing that in the media just this week, okay, or last week. And I believe we're going to have some more coming because I know some of the background of of what's going on behind these things. But um, these people are involved in things that are about to be exposed, and um, some of it is not real suicide. Some of it is murder and different sort of things going on. But for me, clinging to God, and I remember at one point when my first marriage was not working out and not knowing what on earth I was going to do in life, really thinking about walking away from God, just giving up on him, feeling disappointed, and coming to this point where I said, whom have I but you, God? You know, if I can't trust you, you certainly life has proven that I can't trust most people, you know, and that's a weird thing to say, because in truth, I'm an extremely trusting people and, and a person and people that really know me know that I trust basically too much. I love people. I think the best of everybody. Um, I went from being this pessimist many years ago to being kind of a, you know, neutral kind of a realist. And now I am an optimist. I look for the best in every single situation, every single person. I definitely have trials and difficulties. Money doesn't take that away. But God is always there, whether you're up, whether you're down, whether you're rich, whether you're poor, whether you're going through a hard time or a good time. He's always there. We can always lean on him. We can always ask for wisdom. And he just shows up for me constantly. And God, and in this respect, because I'm not religious either, I call mm-hmm. myself a, recover, a recovering Catholic. So <laughs> I'm not, <laughs> went through all that, and I'm, I've had my hefty helping of guilt. Thank you, I'm full. Mm-hmm. But I'm very spiritual, and mm-hmm. I believe in the spiritual linking and energies of the universe. And so we just want to make sure that people understand whatever, whatever it is. And as Cody Jefferson of Embrace the Lion, he was on last week, and an, an incredible person, and actually that is this week's podcast of Sick Biz Buzz is with Cody Jefferson. Um, so he was on and talked about, I don't care if you worship a tree. The point is, or maybe not worship, but you can talk to a tree. Uh, the point is to have a bigger being or a bigger presence or a bigger understanding of than your own life. Because doing that allows you to take the responsibility from yourself and to learn how to trust and say, okay, 
I thought this was going to be my path over here, mm-hmm. but you're showing me it's this way. Mm-hmm. And instead, and I think a lot of people who cling to this negativity are very angry that they did not get to choose their path. Mm. And so they're fighting that and saying, I'm going to focus on my misery because I did not get what I wanted. Yes. I should have had this and I should have had this and I should have, could have, would have done it. All of these things. And what you and I, and I lump us together now because people who look at challenges as something that is temporary and that will be overcome or that will be a lever to crank them forward into even greater empowerment, don't cling to shoulda, coulda, woulda, because we're very open to knowing that our paths are greater than anything we could even imagine ourselves. I'm so thankful. I am so thankful that I was shown the path I'm shown because I could not envision this. I oh, I, I couldn't right? have envisioned, you know, growing that business to $2.2 million mm-hmm. in sales. I, 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 when I was living in a mobile home on one income of $17 an hour supporting, you know, my husband and I and six kids, it, it was just unbelievable to me that something like that could be possible. But God brings the right things in at the right time. Can I tell you a story real quick that how I taught myself to sew, but how that pertains to other things in my life? Sure. When I was a kid, I wanted to sew. I had nobody in my family that knew how. Nobody could teach me. I bought 50 cent a yard fabric, bought a pattern. I would read the instructions and I would get to a point where I didn't know what to do next. And I would pray. And I would ask for the solution and I would put the whole thing down, walk away. And let's say I'd go take a nap or something like that. And all of a sudden, the answer would drop in and I would go back to the project. I would go as far as I could go. And then I would repeat that process. And I was in junior high when that happened to me. And it is just something that I've continued throughout my life. You know, I do my podcast now. I was doing it twice a week. We've just dropped down to once a week, but uh, been doing it nearly two years. But how that came about was someone had stolen my seven largest contracts, six of my international contracts with my business. And my business was severely impacted by it. And I was praying and asking God what the next step needed to be. And I happened to be on a podcast that day and the host took me aside after and he said, you need to have your own show. And he told me all the reasons why I took that as an answer to my prayer and I jumped on it. Within two weeks, I had a show up and running. And so that's why I teach other people to do that now. Um, The importance and value of podcasting. But just knowing that the answer can come to us if we seek it and believe that we'll hear. And I hear through different ways. It's not always audible. It's, it's a lot of times it's impressions. It can be a song. It can be through somebody else or just multiple ways. But the answers will be there if we let go of this I'm a victim thing. I certainly have enough reasons in my life to be a victim. I've been a victim. I, I own that I did that. But it doesn't work. It doesn't serve you. It, and, and, and the only choice that you have, if you are going to allow yourself to sink into the quicksand of misery, 
The mm-hmm. only choice you have is to stay there. You've you've eliminated all other choices by saying this is my only reality. I can't feel anything else. At the very least, wouldn't you want another choice to feel a different way, to live a different way? Why not? The the worst that's going to happen is you'll find yourself back in the miserable quicksand because something didn't work out. And and Uh, I've been in that place. It's a horrific place. And what brought me out, I went out and I bought a plastic crown and I put that plastic crown on my head because I had to hold my head up to keep the thing on. And my daughter was so embarrassed. She brought a friend home and her mom's (laughs) walking around the house with a plastic crown. But I had this revelation that had been truth all of my life, but I had not embraced it, that I was a daughter of the Most High God. And that was what made me a princess, and therefore I needed to behave like one rather than some groveling, miserable person out in the sand begging for something. We are all princes and princesses, most definitely. So as we round this up, it goes so fast. What is the one thing people don't know about you? Oh gosh, there there are jillions of them. I, I think I absolutely love to dance and I've never tried marijuana in my life. I think those are the most interesting things I have. I'm, I'm not a terribly interesting person, I think. So that's the best I can <laughs> oh. do. I think we would I think we would refute that. I definitely think after this show we would refute that. Well, I want to thank you so much for being on Sick Biz Buzz with us today and and sharing so many of your experiences and all everything you've learned and everything that's helped you to become such a powerful princess. Well, it's been my great pr- pleasure, Hillary, and I hope that some of it is helpful to some of your listeners. Courage doesn't usually look like what we anticipate. Sometimes it can be wrapped up in a satin dress lounging on a chaise lounge with a vivid red hair spilling over our shoulders. Sometimes it can be a person standing with their hands on their hips and a fierce gleam in their eye ready to take on what they are most afraid of. Sometimes courage is simply another person extending their hand to someone else to help them through their journey because they've been there. Yes, Natalie offers many different things through her Princess Power Hour podcast. Some practical applications about saving money in home decor and how to have an economical wedding, for starters. But she also shares so much of her heart every single day. The people that she's in contact with, she strives for a deeper connection for them and for herself that we all want. She sees people as a conduit to reaching right into their souls so that she can help them with her special gifts. If you would like to get in touch with Natalie, the best way to reach her is through her Facebook page, Princess Power. Just look for her Facebook page. You'll see the black background and the tiara, and you will know you are there. We will also have information about how to get in touch with her on our website, sickbiz.com. Did you like what you heard? Please listen, subscribe, share, and leave a review for Sick Biz Buzz wherever podcasts are available, Stitcher, iTunes, etc. We are all over the place and we are looking for more support so that we can continue to offer our very unique resources and even a little bit of, I guess we'll call it validation therapy. Make sure you head on over to sickbiz.com and check out all of our guest bloggers who have shared everything on their minds and their hearts. 
and they're sharing their hacks, their resources, their time in the trenches and what works for them so that you can spend less time in your trenches fighting to make a go of a long-term business. I don't know about you, but when somebody comes to me and says, I've been down this road and you probably don't want to take this path, I tend to listen. These are shortcuts, success shortcuts that you can take to make sure that you can reach the best and highest potential version of yourself in the least amount of time possible. I also want to invite you over to Amazon where you can find my new book, Six Success, The Entrepreneur's Prescriptions for Turning Pain into Purpose and Profit. We've got a pre-order going on right now, and I would love to know that my words reached or even touched you in some way. And of course, after you read the book, I would adore hearing from you. It officially drops on September 18th, and we have some reviewer copies coming out at the end of the month. I'm not going to lie. I'm pretty freaking stoked. Finally, please text SICKBIZ to 36260 for more resources. Completely convenient whenever you want them, however you want them. And what if you could actually find a job right from your phone because somebody else had done the work for you to vet the resources and make sure the jobs qualify as living wages? What if you could get therapeutic resources? Wouldn't you do that? Of course you would if you needed the help. And sometimes we need somebody to give us a little nudge when we do need help because we don't know what to say. You can find these resources. You can call somebody up and start like this. I don't know what to say, but I know I want to talk to somebody. Sometimes when we say I need help, it is really tough to get around that sentence, to get around that word help, to get around saying I need help. So I'm telling you, you don't have to say it like that. You can just say I called you for a reason. I'm ready to talk. It doesn't have to be scary. And we're trying to take that element out of it for people. And the reason that we push so hard is because the very reality of working for yourself every day and being alone every day is isolating. You do need a community of people around you who understand and who want to help you. That's what we want you to see Sick Biz as. We just want you to fall in love and have a crazy love affair with us. And if that's not a send off into the best and the rest of your week, I don't know what is. That's it for today's episode of Sick Biz Buzz. Thanks so much for joining us. Until next time, be well.